This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hi there, everyone. Hello, it's Friday. This is Jennifer here, as always, with your short-form news roundup that will bring you up to date on some of the latest goings-on in art history. This is Art Curious News This Week, and today is Friday, March 24th, 2023. It is nice to be back here with you, and I loved being able to bring you a little bonus content last week with our interview with Damien Dibbon about his new novel, The Color Storm. If you haven't already done so, please check out that episode, and I loved this book, and I encourage you to buy it if you are so inclined. Now, on to the news. Today, I want to begin by talking about another climate protest focused on the art world, and one that had an outcome that we might have predicted a few months ago. A climate protest forced the closure of one of the most iconic museums in the U.S., the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston. The Gardner closed its doors to visitors last weekend on March 18th, the anniversary of the infamous heist at the Gardner, after members of the climate activist group Extinction Rebellion staged a protest outside the museum. As usual, Extinction Rebellion, like many climate protest organizations around the world, demanded that the Gardner take action to address climate change and its impact on the art world. According to a statement released by Extinction Rebellion, the group was targeting the museum specifically because of its association with the fossil fuel industry. Isabella Stewart Gardner, the founder of the museum, was married to a wealthy businessman who made his fortune in the coal industry. The protesters argued that the museum's connection to fossil fuels was incompatible with its mission to preserve and promote art, and thus they called for the museum to divest from fossil fuels and to take other measures to reduce its carbon footprint. In response to the protest, the museum closed its doors for the day. In a statement, the museum acknowledged the protesters' concerns and emphasized its commitment to sustainability. The statement read, in part, quote, the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum is committed to sustainability and to reducing our footprint. We recognize the urgency of the climate crisis and are actively working to reduce our impact on the environment. We appreciate the concerns expressed by Extinction Rebellion and will continue to engage with them and other stakeholders as we move forward." Unquote. The protest at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum is just the latest example of how the art world is grappling with the impact of climate change. Museums and other cultural institutions that we've talked about multiple times on the show are increasingly recognizing the need to address the issue and to take action, with much of the action carried out in response to this growing movement of artists, activists, and museum professionals who are pushing for change. But I've said it once, and I'll say it again, their intentions are good and saving the planet is necessary, but all of this does come at the expense of the art world for sure. And these protests will continue to have effects of shutting down museums entirely, as in this case, in response. It only makes sense that our next story continues this theme of climate change. Next up, a new report has revealed the impact of air pollution on the paintings of the one and only Claude Monet. 
A recent study that was conducted jointly by researchers at the National Research Council of Italy and the University of Bologna found that air pollution can significantly affect the way that Monet's paintings look. Specifically, the study found that exposure to haze and other pollutants can alter the appearance of the paintings, making them appear darker and less vibrant. The researchers conducted the study by exposing replicas, not the real things, replicas of Monet's paintings to different levels of air pollution in various laboratory settings. They found that just after a few days of exposure, the paintings began to show signs of discoloration and loss of detail. According to the researchers, the findings have important implications for the conservation and restoration of Monet's paintings, as well as the preservation for other works of art that may be affected by air pollution. In a statement, the lead author of the study, Letizia Monico, emphasized the need for museums and other cultural institutions to take steps to proactively protect their collections from the harmful effects of air pollution. She said, quote, Our study highlights the need for increased awareness and action on the issue of air pollution and its impacts on our cultural heritage, unquote. I admit that this is a topic I've thought a lot about on my various travels around the world. As an art professional based in the U.S., I know that museums need to be climate-controlled and humidity-controlled to best take care of their artsy charges. Because art, like anything, can degrade with exposure to the elements. And when you visit historical buildings, museums, and collections around the world, many of them don't have access to dehumidifiers or air conditioners. I've spent time in many a museum where the windows are flung open to provide any relief from a stifling summer's day. And while that helps tourists and guards keep cool, it is not always great for the art, which can expand, contract, and swell with varying degrees of temperature change and moisture change. Finding a middle ground, though, can be really daunting. And as always, doesn't it always seem to come down to money? And that always makes things more difficult. One last not-so-happy story for you today. It's another investigation into that ongoing problem of looted antiquities, with this one in particular focused on the findings of the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, or ICIJ, into the Metropolitan Museum of Art's acquisition of works taken unlawfully or forcibly from their countries of origin. This investigation noted that over 1,000 of the Met's acquisitions were looted and smuggled into the United States, including some major pieces from the Met's various antiquities department, such as a marble head of a bull from Lebanon, a statue of a goddess from Italy, and a gold funerary wreath from Greece. According to the ICIJ report, the objects were acquired by the Met through a network of dealers and collectors who were known to be involved in the illicit trade of such antiquities. Now, that is bad enough. And with a collection as old as the Met and as large, it's also not terribly surprising. What is surprising? Well, okay, maybe not so terribly surprising either, is that the report also suggests that the Met was aware of the questionable provenance of some of these objects, but chose to acquire them anyway. I gotta say, what the news reports don't make clear here is the date or the date ranges of these acquisitions. And for me, it's 
One thing, if a work of art was garnered for the Met 100 years ago, when sadly it seems like we as a collective group of humans didn't know better, or at least tried really hard to ignore the reality of art looting. But if these works were acquired in the last few decades, that is far more damning. So who knows, and the details are scant so far, but either way, this is not great. In response to the report, the Met issued a statement acknowledging the, quote, complexity and seriousness of the issue and pledged to take steps to address it. In full, the statement read, quote, the Metropolitan Museum of Art acknowledges the complexity and seriousness of the issue of antiquities trafficking and the need for the museum to continue to strengthen its due diligence practices. We are committed to working with our colleagues in the museum community and with governments and cultural organizations around the world to ensure that our acquisitions are ethically sourced and legally obtained, unquote. So this is a big upfront list of some not together happy news items. So I guess that climate change and antiquities looting is kind of like the art world's version of that old adage, if it bleeds, it leads. So maybe it's like, if it's a protest or if it's looted, it leads, I don't know. Regardless, I think now is a great time for a little break, so we will be back for more Art Curious news this week in just a moment. Meanwhile, as always, if you like the show but not the ads, join us over on patreon.com slash artcurious to grab an ad-free feed. And plus, it shows me that you love the show. That is amazing and worth it. Thank you. That's patreon.com slash artcurious. I am pleased to welcome aboard a new patron this week, so thank you, Julia B., for your kind support. Ongoing thanks to my VIP patrons, Flamestress Gaston, Stephanie, John, JL, Rhonda, Lance, Robin, and Andrew. To me, you are worth reporting on each and every week. Thank you. Want your name read here in my list of stars? Then please become a VIP patron for $25 a month. That's less than a price of a fancy dinner out, and you can know that you are helping me thrive. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Art Curious and our news this week. For my final story today, I am thankfully sharing some good news. You know that I didn't want to leave you hanging with something that's a real bummer. So to close out today, I want to celebrate the work of artist and activist Judith Baca, who was recently awarded the National Medal of Arts by President Joe Biden. Judith Baca may not be a household name, but she is awesome, so I think she should be. West Coasters in particular know her for her large-scale murals and public art installations, which frequently expose themes of social justice, identity, and community. 
And I love her works as a former Angelino myself because she often focuses on underrepresented communities, including immigrants, people of color, and women. So the people who surround you every day in Los Angeles. In a statement, President Biden praised Baca's contributions to the art world and to society as a whole, declaring, quote, Judith Baca is a trailblazer in the world of art and activism, whose work has inspired countless people and helped to bring attention to important social issues. Her murals and public art installations are not only beautiful, but they serve as a powerful reminder of the importance of community, diversity, and inclusion, unquote. Baca's works have been previously shown in exhibitions and public spaces around the world, and she's received numerous awards and honors for her various contributions to the arts. She is a co-founder of the Social and Public Art Resource Center, or SPARC, which is a nonprofit organization that promotes public art and community engagement. Baca is the latest in the long line of artists to receive the National Medal of Arts, which is the highest honor given to artists and arts patrons by the United States government. Past recipients have included such people as Georgia O'Keeffe, Maya Lin, Robert Redford, and others. So as we continue to celebrate Baca's achievements, we are always reminded of the power of art to inspire, educate, bring people together, and to affect change. So this is my little challenge for you today. Google Judith Baca. Check out her mural in particular, The Great Wall of Los Angeles, which is one of my favorites and which is noted as the longest mural in the whole world. It is currently in process of being expanded to a one-mile-long creation that will show the history of Los Angeles in this beautifully clear, colorful, and enlightening way. That is it for Art Curious News this week. Thank you so much. And I, as always, will be back with you for another round of Art News very soon. And the countdown has begun. You are less than two weeks out from the start of the next season of Art Curious, and I cannot wait to share it with you. As always, I would like to thank you for your support, for your listening today, and until next time, stay curious. <laughs>